This is Control Structure Episode 9, The Next Thing from Apple, for January 17th, 2013, with guest Christopher Thompson and host Andrew Bailey. And now with an ass in the road. So, uh, big week? Oh, yeah. Wonderful week. I just got promoted to tech lead. Oh, nice. Yep. So, what does that entail? The same amount of pay. Nice. Yep. That is what my boss told me. This is your promotion for doing your work good. More work. Get used to it. It's life. (laughs) (laughs) Well... It's a nice change of pace from, uh, let's see, your normal mode of work. Yeah, that is true. Going to going to work, taking a nap, taking lunch, taking another nap, and going home. So how about you? Big week? Small week? Eh, uh, well, going to Knoxville was kind of fun. Well, I wouldn't say fun, it was more of a thing. Thing happened in Knoxville. Uh, work training. Ah. Uh, so, and then after. What's that? Company sponsored? Yep. Good. So, and then, uh, two days ago, the taillights on my truck decided they wouldn't shut off. <laughs> so, I ended up having to disconnect one of the battery terminals. And, uh, and then taking the uh, next morning off of work and spending my day in the Sears Auto Center. Cool. How much are they estimating to get it fixed? Oh, it's already done. It was like a little over $300. They, uh, let's see, it ended up being like the switch on the uh, brake pedal was bad. The battery was also bad. And the thing that the battery is held in inside was also bad. It was, like, all rotted through. So. Yeah, uh, that's worse diagnostic than computers. Computers, this is bad. Go fix it. Well. Mechanics, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people's computers are like that. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, um, but, but the common solution is to just to quit using Windows. Yeah, I uh, got my parents off of Windows and uh, went to Linux, and surprisingly, that's worked really well. Really? Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so. Uh, doesn't seem like I'll have any, uh, electrical problems in my truck this winter. Let's hope not. What about the heater? Uh, the heater's okay. Um, although I did have trouble with that, like, two winters ago. Turned out it just needed some, uh, uh, like, coolant. Like, antifreeze stuff. Okay. So. 
So, have you heard about Aaron Schwartz? Yeah, I heard that he suicided. Yeah, such a shame. Yeah. Really, really brilliant man. Yeah, he uh, did quite a bit. Uh, he ended up owning quite a bit of Reddit. Um, like when his site merged with Reddit, like several years ago. And uh, he apparently also wrote the RSS uh, specification, like a really simple syndication. So, which, uh, speaking of, I, I implemented that while back for my website, for my blog. Cool. So, yeah, I, I did see that. I did not know he did the RSS. That's really cool. Yeah, and he did it when he was like 12 or something. So. Uh -huh. That's really nice. Yeah. So. So what made him commit suicide? Uh, that's a good question. So he, uh, you know how, uh, oh, what's his face? Um, Richard Stallman is like, all software should be free. Um, apparently Aaron Schwartz was like, all knowledge should be free. So, uh, what he did was, uh, Apparently there's this uh, JSTOR uh, thing. It's uh, essentially an archive for academic papers. So he... Uh, apparently there are terms of service or something that, uh, like, the papers they have, you have to, like, spend a fortune in order to get them. And Swartz decided this shouldn't be like this. Um, because essentially, like, all these researchers and stuff are giving knowledge to this private organization and holding this knowledge for ransom. Um, so he decided to do something about it, so he started, he uh, wrote a download script uh, that would, you know, automatically download, like, a paper, like, every few minutes or so. And uh, JSTOR, you know, shut him off. Shut him off of, uh, you know, accessing. Okay. So uh, he uh, then discovered that... Uh, JSTOR has a deal set up with MIT in that uh, anyone from MIT Networks uh, can, you know, access a lot more of JSTOR essentially for free. Uh, on top of that, MIT apparently runs a, like a very open uh, network in that you can mm. get your own public, public, publicly routed IP uh, on the MIT network. So, uh... He, uh, like, updated his script a little bit, and, uh, he was, like, able to change the MAC address of his, uh, like, this laptop. He, uh, uh, he, uh, visited MIT and, uh, just shoved this laptop into a uh, networking closet and, uh, you know, walked away, and apparently it was there for, uh, some time. And, you know, he was downloading it that way. And then when he came back to get it, he, uh, like, wore a, uh, bike helmet over his face. And, uh, I think, like, he, like, had a run-in with the police or something, and he ran or something. But, uh, I believe it was in, uh, January 2011 that, uh, the feds nabbed him and said, you know, hey, we're gonna charge you with, like, uh, like, with, uh, accessing a protected system... Uh, damaging a protected system and all this stuff under, like, this really old law called the uh, Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. 
I think I've heard about that law. Very, very outdated and very, very vague. Yeah. So, uh, Aaron essentially struck a struck a deal with uh, JSTOR and handed over everything that he had downloaded, and uh, JSTOR decided to not press charges. However, the uh, Massachusetts Attorney General, or something like the Massachusetts, like U.S. You know, Department of Justice or something, uh, still was pressing charges, and uh, apparently MIT was part of the suit, but like they didn't really do anything. Okay. So, and perhaps the most disturbing thing about it was is that you know MIT runs this open network, JSTOR has this deal with them, and uh, uh, Schwartz was in no way connected with MIT. He never even took college there. Um, So MIT has a little bit of flaws. And uh, uh, furthermore, like there is a bum living in this networking closet. So I don't think you could really uh, press him on uh, trespassing charges either. Um, And something else, I think, in fact, I think uh, Schwartz was part of like Harvard at the time. So, uh, you know, everything seemed okay, but then uh, the Department of Justice said, you know, hey, why don't we pile on a lot more charges? And suddenly, Schwartz was looking at, like, up to 35 years in prison or something. Yeah, I think it was 14 different charges. Yeah, like... From the initial three charges. Yeah, like, a Uh. lot. So, uh... Uh, you know, this was like totally unreasonable, and uh, you know, of course, this guy doesn't want to go to jail uh, for any length of time. Um, and like the uh, case against him, you know, as mentioned, was pretty weak. Um, like he didn't really violate uh, like any terms of service, um, at least on the MIT side. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, you know, decided, oh, to hell with this. Um, uh, let's see, and then something else there. But, uh, yeah, this is, like, a real big tragedy, and, uh, he seems to be the first internet martyr of sorts. Um... And, uh, you know, pretty much uh, if the government wants to get you, they'll get you. And I have an article here about, uh, you know, anyone interesting can be on the government's hit list, you know, essentially by violating, uh, you know, a minute part of a terms of service. Well, but by, by that definition alone, we should all be on the hit list because I'm sure at one point or another we have saved an image off the Internet and possibly downloaded a song. Yeah. So, if they decide to stick us all in jail, I hope they at least sort us out by music genres. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I've, you know, ripped plenty of uh, CDs and DVDs to put me away for life. So, yep. And- so, so, but, but if, if they do that to all the IT people, then there won't be an IT industry anymore. Yeah, a lot of people will uh, not be able to access their lolcats, and yep. that will just be, uh, you know, utter 
chaos. Uh huh. And, and and not to mention, I'm pretty sure plenty of people won't won't be able to support the jail systems anymore. Yeah. Besides, what would they send us to? A low security jail system with unlimited computer access? Mm, maybe. That might be all that they could afford. <laughs> yep. So, and uh, Lawrence uh, Lysig, um, let's see, a prominent, you know, uh, free, uh, free culture, free information lawyer has chimed in on this. Um, he was a, uh, apparently, uh, like, uh, Lysig knew Schwartz pretty well. So, and, uh, he, like, essentially goes on about, you know, the government, you know, bullying, uh, Schwartz. Mm-hmm. I also heard that Congress agreed that the just Department of Justice went too far. Yeah, in a rare moment of uh, sensibility. <laughs> yep. So, and then uh, Anonymous appears and, attack, and uh, hacks MIT, uh, their website, in support of Aaron. Really? Anonymous? Yeah, so huh. apparently they're uh, doing something good too. Wow, this this guy sure has made an impact. Yeah, and uh, let's see, and then sh I think it was uh, maybe in the week before, like last week, um, that he rejected a plea bargain. Uh, offered by the Department of Justice in that he would plead, if he would plead guilty to, like, every charge, he would get six months in jail. Um, mm. which to him was totally unacceptable. Correct. So, and, uh, there's a call to fix, uh, computer crime law, um, from the EFF. And it seems that, uh, that's actually happening. In that a uh, congressman has actually proposed a uh, Aaron's law. I mean, aren't you know in between? What, what's in with the Aaron's law? It essentially scales back that uh, CFAA. So, uh, like specifically mentions that uh, uh, you can't be thrown in jail for violating terms of service. All right, hold hold on. I think my roommate's knocking. All right. Sorry about that. That's my new roommate from India, and I'm teaching him how to make rice in a rice cooker. Oh, that's nice. Yep. So, back to the Congress. Well, good for them. They might actually do something good. Yeah, I mean, this this is really having an impact. I mean, they're supposed to be figuring out like how to borrow money or something right now. So, this is, uh, you know, people are actually taking notice about this. That's good. Well, if you consider what we did with the, I think it's SOAP or something. The, the SOPA? Yeah. And how with the single day, the internet just bombarded all the congressmen that were for it. Yep. Uh, Schwartz was involved with that, too. Yep. I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. So, but. And, and the uh, attorney general or something 
the uh, chief justice of, I think it was Mas- someone in Massachusetts, uh, U.S. attorney, uh, is under fire for, you know, aggressively going after him. Really? That's so. good for them. Yep. I'm actually, yeah, I'm still really shocked about all this. Yeah, you know, some stuff's actually happening. Yeah, between that and the money debate and, you know, everything else, it, you know, everyone's talking about Congress like it's the next thing from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. Yep. <laughs> so. Oh, it. It might also be because we're starting to get some of the younger generation into Congress. Yeah, you know, it seems like they're, you know, most of the Congress is made up of old men who uh, totally don't get technology at all. Yep. If I remember correctly, one of them thought the internet was a series of tubes and it should be like a dump truck. Yeah, uh, I remember back when the internet was a dump truck, don't you? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Although I think uh, the guy who actually said that is now dead. Uh, So I haven't been able to find any YouTube links on it anymore. So yeah, slowly it's, uh, you know, Congress is cycling through. Yep. Anyways, um... A uh, programmer, the world's laziest programmer, <laughs> has decided to take it upon himself to outsource his own job to China. Um, yep. So, uh, what he did, the uh, company that he works for isn't really uh, mentioned, but uh, the idea was was that he, uh, you know, got this job, and then he uh, sourced it to China for like a fifth of the cost or something. Uh-huh. And he even fact he uh, even uh, FedExed his uh, uh RSA token so that they could log in through his uh VPN. And hmm. it wasn't until uh, Verizon noticed that someone might be hacking into his workplace from China that <laughs> action was actually taken on this. Uh Well, my my suggestion to him, start a company. Yeah. Um he apparently was also doing this with several other companies uh, in the area as well. I say good for him. So, Getting somebody else to do his work for him while he's still turning a profit. So, uh, you know, that all that he was left to do was, you know, browse the internet all day. So, and needless to say, this man was fired. Aww... Huh. Yep. He no longer works with the firm. Yep. Wow. Well, the next one, CBS forced CNET to disqualify Hopper. Have you heard about this one? Yeah, it's uh, like the Dish DVR thing that's supposed to, like, skip commercials. Uh-huh. So, uh, apparently it was at CES, and, uh, uh, CBS, you know, like the news network, is apparently in, uh, like, litigation. They're taking Dish to court over Hopper. And uh, CNET uh, is a subsidiary of CB- CBS. And CBS told C- CNET to uh, disqualify Hopper from winning the Best of Show award. Huh. 
So this, uh, this had happened last Friday, and, uh, uh let's see, last Monday, uh, the editor, uh, there, I'm not sure how he was affiliated, but an editor there resigned. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, over probably some internal company stuff. Yeah, uh, legal. Ah. Uh, so. Huh. Hey, hey, I noticed when you make a mistake, you have to resign in the higher uh, positions. Well, that must be brutal. I wouldn't say that this was a mistake. This was more to preserve journalistic integrity. Yeah. So. Huh. Anyways, uh, have you heard well, about Have you heard about Doom Three? Oh yeah, the source code is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I've heard it's very beautiful, and I'm still I have not found the code yet, but I'm still trying to find it to look at it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been open sourced. I believe it's up on GitHub. So and it's uh, pretty much all C plus plus, and. Uh, uh, it goes through uh, about you know stylistic constraints, and some of this you know can even be applied to Java and C sharp and other languages as well. Okay. Well, if you ever get a chance, definitely take a look at it. Yeah, and uh, I believe even uh, John Carmack himself chimes in on this article here. Really? Yeah. So that's something. Alright, definitely we'll have to read it later. Yep. So, but uh. The control systems in two U.S. power plants were infected by viruses. Yeah. So, this is, uh, you know, kind of concerning because, uh, uh, like, apparently these control systems were not part of, uh, like the group, you know, a larger network. And these viruses were transmitted to these computers by USB drives. Ooh. So this is uh, sort of going into, uh, uh, like, the previous uh, attacks on Iran with, uh, I believe it was Stuxnet in flame. And it seems like the, uh, the uh, techniques used in this uh, uh, one virus that they found is, you know, on the same level of, you know, sophistication. So this is pretty... Uh, pretty worrying as well. Yep. And it turns out that uh, these systems did not have any kind of backups with them. Correct. And I would like yep. to take this uh, moment. It's I'm sorry I've been neglecting to do this for a few podcasts, but today is International Backup Awareness Day. Uh, it is today, it is tomorrow, it is every day. Back up your stuff every day. <laughs> have you backed better. up today? I actually did back all my documents from December, all my stuff from last year. I did back all of that up twice. And nice. now I'm actually getting yelled at by some of the company's storage team because I'm taking up too much space <laughs> with all my backups. My email system alone has reached 40 gigs. 40? 40 gigs. Wow. Over about half a million emails. <laughs> Wow. And the sad thing is, my automated tools have generated more than half of that. <laughs> so, hmm. it's fun. Yeah, I, that sounds like it. 
So, yes, I will definitely be uh, backing up this evening. I'll be backing up this very podcast. That's good. So, uh, you heard about Hurricane Sandy? Yeah, they found, they restored some systems, salvaged, uh, I think, 1,500 volumes of digital art yeah. from the Sandy floodwaters or something. Yeah, a uh, New York City museum uh, called iBeam. Uh, which is like essentially a collection of digital artifacts, um, was uh, well within the, you know, definitely going to flood zone. And, uh, you know, they got flooded out and they had to uh, react quite quickly, uh, you know, to, you know, recover all the stuff. And it looked like they had a bunch of DVDs and, you know, mini DV tapes. Mm-hmm. Some really, really ancient concept tapes, um, I'm not sure, zip drive, some of the old zips. Yeah, you know, stuff that, stuff that, uh, flood water isn't really good for. Yeah. So, kind of such a shame. So, uh, on the upside, maybe they can, uh, use Fedora 18, uh, with that, uh, because Fedora 18, the Linux distribution, has been released after... It was two months now. Um, Fedora is the uh, the sort of sister distribution to Red Hat. Okay. So, but then what's the, what's so special about Fedora? Uh, it's sort of like the testing ground for new Linux technologies. Um, okay. So I believe I had tried it a few years ago, but everything was broken, uh, pretty much. I mean, you could boot to desktop fine, but uh, if you wanted to do anything like, you know, play some music, you couldn't really do that. Okay, well, if it is a new technology ground, it tends to be broken the first time it comes around. Yeah, I prefer a little bit more stable distribution like uh, Ubuntu. Yep. Or it's uh, derivatives. So, uh, you know, what, what, what did that one uh, Linux guy at our college always use? Um, Archangel or something? Arch Linux. Arch Linux. Yeah, I was pretty much hanging out with that uh, group uh, for that one quarter. Ironically, doing uh, .NET work. <laughs> and yes, that, that uh, project did not turn out well. <laughs> uh, some of them didn't. But have you heard about the jQuery's final and the final version for 1.9 and that they're starting 2.0 beta? Yes, I did see that. So uh, uh, right now I'm not too familiar with JavaScript, but uh, due to my new job, it's heavily uh, JavaScript, uh, like especially on the client side, but also ironically on the server side as well. So I definitely will be uh, learning JavaScript and... Uh, at least on the client side, jQuery is uh, kind of big. So that's good. So yeah, you'll, you'll 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 have to start possibly in your blog, making a little bit of tutorials. I might have to do that. Or, yeah, uh, it's a thought. Yeah, because I don't want to read through all the documentation and learn this. I'd rather have you learn it and then give me the me to meet. Yeah, it's uh, the way jQuery works is pretty cool. Um, like, uh, have you ever done like document dot uh, get element by ID? 
I have used that once or twice. Yeah. It, it's interesting ex- until the system starts customizing every single element's own name for, like, security purposes and stuff, and then your co- code just breaks. Mm-hmm. And again, I may be u- not using it correctly. But, Who knows? Uh, jQuery uh, sort of eliminates that, and you essentially use something like CSS selectors. So you go, like, you know, dots, you know, then whatever your the idea of the element is. And, you know, if you want to do something on all paragraph elements, you just put in P. So that's... Uh, uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, the state of jQuery 2013... Uh, has been posted along with this. It says that jQuery 2.0 has more patches and shims for Chrome, Safari, and Firefox than Internet Explorer, uh, which is something revolutionary. Um, uh-huh, well... Then again, I believe that the uh, the base core of jQuery um, 2.0, at least, they're... Uh, going to be eliminating support for IE 6, 7, and 8. About time. Um, but I believe like there's going to be like a compatibility layer on top of that if you need that compatibility. But uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, amazing that Internet Explorer has progressed this far. Yep. Well, one thing I have noticed about Internet Explorer, it's typically a lot more stable than any of the other environments. Yeah, you got You can give them that. Um, yeah, but they're, they're, they're lagging behind in technology-wise. Stuff true. that it can do. True, but... Uh, you know, some, some, sometimes the customer just does not need all, all that extra gump. True, and it's uh, sort of a shame that uh, with this job, it seems that Chrome has replaced Internet Explorer. In <laughs> And that, you know, all of my job-related work uh, revolves around Chrome. And then if I, you know, want to read, you know, a news article, I do that in Firefox. Huh. Interesting. So, food for thought. So, yep. uh, and that's part of the reason with that is that my company uses uh, Google Apps. So, like, uh, my company email is through Gmail as well as our, uh, you know, calendars and docs, like huh. all that. All that's Google. So nice. Do you guys have access to the Google operating system? Uh, like Chrome OS. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, okay, so I, I think huh. that's more like with actual notebooks than a web app. Yeah. Well, have you heard about? Wikimedia? Yeah, I it's, heard... It's so, it's so hard to say not say Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I heard that uh, they were kind of pissed off about SOPA. But, uh, about what? About SOPA. Uh, Way back yeah. in the day. Um, apparently they have locked, uh, launched another site called Wikivoyage. And it's essentially a, a, a travel guide wiki. Which is... Ah. Cool. I believe. So, what what's the difference between this and just going on Google Street View and just taking your own little journey? Um, this actually has you know like points out places to go. Uh, 
In fact, uh-huh. in fact, I even pulled up Pittsburgh on there, and it seemed to have some pretty good info. So, you know, like mm. it actually like broke it broke Pittsburgh down by neighborhoods, and okay. and said, you know. You know, these are like the places to go eat. These are the places to stay at. These are the attractions. And like if you go up on Mount Washington, you can see this beautiful view of Pittsburgh. Huh. Are, are you listed as an attraction for foreign animals? No. <laughs> we'll have to get that added. Uh, well, speaking of, uh, since I can't find any uh, funny or rather embarrassing uh, Apple news, uh, this will be our LOL Google section. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, a street map car uh, that was wandering around Botswana, which is like a poor southern African country, uh, apparently it came across an ass in the road. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, apparently, people were getting kind of up, you know, worried about this donkey that was uh, apparently taking a dust bath on the road uh, when this uh, Google Street Maps car just pulls up, and uh, you know, people were getting concerned that oh no, Google is like you know out to kill donkeys, um, but uh, that's not really the case here, in that uh, you know the donkey realized hey, there's a car there, you should get out of the way. The donkey just, you know, gets up and stands along the side of the road and, you know, watches the car go by. Smart donkey. So, and like, I actually uh, looked at this and, uh, uh, let's see, like, a while before this donkey came around, a uh, car passed, that wasn't a car, it was a rather large truck passed on the other side of the road. Um, and uh, apparently in Botswana, they drive on the left side um, because, like, it uh, borders South Africa. And okay. I guess they must have been ruled by the British or something. Huh. So uh, that's why I guess that's why they drive on the left. Um, well, have, have, have you also seen uh, in Google Maps the people who find out their schedule and pretend like they're dead in the road? <laughs> no. <laughs> there's been quite a few of those there's other ones that pretend like they're robbing or murdering someone it's extremely funny sometimes <laughs> so uh uh yeah so this the car was you know driving along the you know the correct side of the road uh you know for the place and hmm. uh you know it pulls up and you know sees the donkey Donkey gets out of the way and, uh, you know, goes on the merry way. And, uh, you know, no, this donkey is apparently alive and fine. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, have you heard about the new cheap, clean, and safe alternative to kerosene lamps? Uh, yes. Um, in fact, I actually uh, participated in this. Um, really? Yeah. So, uh, a few guys over in uh, London, uh, were, uh, tasked with, uh, creating a, you know, a replacement light for, uh, you know, kerosene lamps. Um, so in places like Botswana, um, that, uh, you know, apparently 
paying for uh, you know kerosene is you know 10 to 20 percent of these people's incomes um, so you know that's just for lighting uh, so they uh, you know tried some ideas you know because uh, you know it seemed like everyone was going the uh, you know putting a solar panel on top of a roof and then having some batteries somewhere uh, but that had several drawbacks and it seems like everyone's doing that uh, you know mm-hmm. for this for this problem and they decided well you know that's kind of expensive and the batteries wear down and like when the battery you know has no more juice there's no more light and you have to you know wait until the next day so they decided to do something a little bit different and they realized that you know in the third world you know there's a lot of dirt and you know there's plenty of people around so you can use the people to lift you know essentially dirt and uh, that's essentially you know what uh, this is it uses a uh, I believe it's like a 20 pound weight and it uh, uh, I'm not sure what when the world's inside of it but it uses this weight to spin something inside of it to you know run a generator uh, to power some LED lights huh that's interesting so this kind of reminds me a little bit of grandfather's clocks uh, yeah essentially um, but it's like a 20, if- 21st century clock that doesn't really tell time. Yeah, it just lights. It's it's kind of an improvement, I suppose. Well, I wonder how many of these I'll need to power my computer. <laughs> well, quite a few because uh, you know, this is you know, uh, obviously low powered and uh, I'm not sure how how far, you know, the weight will go down, but Apparently, like, you have to, you know, run it, you know, uh, push the weight up, and then it'll uh, run down for anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, uh, depending on how bright you want the light. Hmm. Sounds sounds like a little bit of a work, but... Yeah. Huh. And and they did a a, uh, crowdfunding for this uh, on Indiegogo, and... uh, And I heard they got three hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and their goal was fifty-five thousand. Um, well, actually, they the uh, campaign is over. Uh, it was uh. over, I believe, it was sometime last night, and they got almost four hundred thousand dollars for this. Oh wow! Yeah, three hundred cool. ninety three hundred ninety nine thousand five hundred twenty five. So, uh, and you know. I thought this was pretty cool, and I put down fifty bucks for it. So mm. that's uh, how, how, how much does one of these things cost when they get manufactured? Uh, the uh, what they want to do is you know make this prototype, and I believe I said the prototype is like about ten dollars per unit. Um, but uh, they want to you know do a test run of these, and you know figure out you know if there's anything wrong with it and, you know, make some improvements and then uh, make a second model, a Mark II model uh, that they hope will be about $5. Okay. Well, this would definitely be worth investing in one. Yeah. Because it'd be nice. It's going to be probably one of the things 
20, 30 years down the line that's going to actually go up in price. Well, not because it will be a collector's item. Yeah. So uh, I'll actually have one of those. So cool. the, uh, I'll, the uh, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have to get me one somehow. Yeah. So, like, essentially all you really need is, like, a hook that can, you know, withstand 20 pounds and 20 pounds of stuff, like rocks or sand or something. Hmm. I wonder if you could just pull it like an exercise machine. Uh, I'm not sure. I, that probably wouldn't work. Um, well, this is a prototype. <laughs> so, what well, that beta I'm thinking about? Where you try to destroy the object? Hmm. Well, that might just be me in general. Yeah, that's pretty much you with everything. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so the particular funding level that I got, uh, sponsors, uh, not only a, one of these for, you know, the third world, but also one for myself. Um, and it sponsors further research and development into peripherals for this thing, like a, uh, LED chain light, a, perhaps a rechargeable battery, um, or a transistor radio. So, huh. And, uh, you know, even though this isn't the gadget show, I thought this was uh, sort of interesting. It is interesting. So, have you heard about the DMCA nonsense? Yeah, something about login pages. Yep. So, apparently, uh, idiots at, uh, you know, companies that don't really know too much better, uh, they are submitting DMCA notices uh, takedown notices to other sites that, you know, use the same platform over their default login page. Hmm, really? So I'm not sure, uh, see, I think it might be Moodle, uh, like has a default login page. So it seems like people who use Moodle are going around, uh, taking, you know, doing notices to other people who use Moodle in the same default login. You know, never mind. Huh. The, never mind the fact that they don't really own Moodle because it's a uh, open source platform. Huh. So, so they're the default login, and you can log into any of these kind of stuff. That uh, what this is? No, it's uh, like the same, uh, like arrangement and theme. Ah, uh, okay. Even though it like goes to different systems, it still looks the same. And apparently people are kind of, you know, uh, idiots and being mad about this. Uh, well, you can't please some of the people. So, uh, speaking of copyright reform, uh, once upon a time last November, a Republican of all people suggested copyright reform uh, in the form of less copyright protection. And uh, I saw this and I thought it was a little bit odd uh, because, you know, Republicans are, you know, essentially pro-big business, and big business is, uh, you know, generally on the side of more copyrights. Correct. So, it was uh, sort of a echo of SOPA, uh, I think, that uh, brought this along. And apparently it was just this young guy uh, working as, like, a congressional aide, I think. Um, but... Uh, See, it was just uh, maybe towards the beginning of this month that he got fired. 
and uh, he talked to ours uh, Technica about this. Hmm. So, and I, uh, I thought this was a sort of interesting read. Uh, this guy's name is Derek Canna. So, and he talks Very about, itch. and uh, you know, he, I believe, he mentions a little bit about you know what's going on in Congress about this. Um. Yeah, well, with the way Congress been acting after Aaron, who knows what they might accidentally do. Yeah. Though I'm a little bit kind of worried that they might try to use Aaron and sneak in a few other laws at the same time. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. So, uh, have you heard about Bob Dylan? I have not heard about Bob Dylan. Yeah, apparently he's this old uh, musician guy, and, uh, like, he's been producing music now for, like, 50, 60 years. Um, like, wow. Like, so long, in fact, that some of his stuff is beginning to fall out of copyright. So, uh, his, <laughs> his record label, uh, Sony, has uh, issued Bob Dylan the Copyright Extension Collection Volume 1 in Europe uh, to take advantage of new copyright laws there. Um, huh. So, I mean, this makes so, sort so, of... So, so he's having new... Sh he's having his stuff released just so it'll stay under copyright because he's been moving for so long? Um, I don't think that's exactly the case, but, uh, uh let's see, like, there's, like, this new copyright law being passed in... that has been passed in Europe that specifies, like, before or after a certain date that's like, there will be more copyright protection. So, and it, I believe it's just his uh, record label doing this and not him himself. Okay. So at least, at least uh, you know, the record label is being honest about this and <laughs> putting the, you know, their uh, their intentions right there in the, uh, the title. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. But have you also heard about the immigration need serious reform also? Yeah, that's... I hear that immigration is just a messed up wreck. Yeah, well, I I, I, do, I do know some Indians and they are having a hard time getting back here to do some work. But... Yeah, and yeah, I... So... I, I, think, I think Congress needs to focus on one thing at one time. Then again, I think we should also have multiple Congress to focus on different things. So we have an IT Congress, we have a money Congress, we have a well, management Congress. Well, I'm not sure if that would work too much better because, uh, like, Congress has, like, special committees on, like, justice, another one on, like, business and so forth. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so this uh, guy posts on his Tumblr about his uh, rather harrowing experience upon re-entering the U.S. And he uh, he had spent, uh, I don't know, I think he said like eight or ten hours on a plane, and he's like really tired. And uh, I believe he said like to the customs agent that he was a software developer, but on his uh, on his papers it said web developer. So I'm not sure if the uh, 
the customs official didn't know any better or just wanted to, you know, wasn't having a good day. But uh, this guy uh, spent like three hours in a room that was, uh, you know, kind of like detention. And, uh, you know, uh, for, you know, just a small misunderstanding. Um, and like he yeah, wasted a lot web, of time. Web, web developers and software developers are the same thing, essentially. Yeah. One's just more specific. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, points out that this is a massive waste of time, not only for, you know, the people who were there. Um, yeah, he said like there were like already 200 people in this room. Uh, you know, not only wasting their time, but also the uh, immigration officials' time. Two hundred people. Yes. Wow, sounds like somebody was having a bad day. Yeah, and uh, this also has a hacker news discussion uh, on it, and uh, you know, this has so many stories of you know people trying to enter the U.S. Uh, I believe one guy said that. Uh, you know, he he was uh, of Arab descent, and you know he's been in the U.S. plenty of times. You know, but he's a brown man with a beard who likes to travel a lot, and this doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Uh, yeah, and, and they talk about that we're becoming a non-racist country. I think we're just getting more racist every year. Yeah, and uh, I think that this was the same guy that. Uh, said that he was allowed in, but his wife was not. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, what's the problem here? I mean, so... And well, the, well, what, 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 kind, what kind of wife was she? Was she one of those ones that would keep yelling at him and uh, they were doing him a favor? <laughs> they didn't say. Um, oh. And I believe it was another guy who had... Uh, you know, come to the U.S., but his connecting flight was through another country, uh, aside from his country of origin, and he uh, had a uh, entry-only visa, like a uh, you know, like a one-time use type of deal. And there was a problem. I this this might have been the same guy with his wife. That uh, it's like, sorry, we need to send you back from where you came from. You know, like get back on the plane. And it's like, well, that's not going to happen because we have an entry-only visa. You can't just send us back. That's not going to work. And the immigration official was, you know, I don't care. He's huh. like, well, could we at least get on our flight back to, you know, our home country? And it's like, no, we have to send you back, you know, from the plane you came on. So. Ouch. So, yeah, to make it clear, this is not just Mexicans we're talking about. This is, you know, skilled uh, workers we're talking about. Yep. Uh, well, did you hear about the Silicon Valley congresswoman talking at the 2013 tech? Yeah. So, uh, ours uh, interviews another uh, congresswoman, uh, apparently represents uh, Silicon Valley, at uh, CES, so she goes on uh, talking not only about uh, immigration, but also SOPA, domain seizures, and uh, software patents. So, mm -hmm. so at least uh, you know, 
Congress is aware of all this stuff. Oh, that's good. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Yep. So, have you ever made a game before? I have make, made a game before, and I'm currently in the process of developing a game. And let me tell you, it is extremely difficult. Yeah, uh, not just because of uh, coding issues. So, uh, this uh, Daniel Cook uh, posts a list of all the challenges and stuff you need to do under game development. And, uh, you know, stuff that, uh, you know, are sort of small but, uh, you know, kind of make a difference. You know, yeah. talking about, uh, you know, designing UIs and, you know, making it work on, you know, I guess I'm not quite sure what game would be played on a PC uh, 50-inch TV. Uh, not only, uh, you know, uh, you know, big HD screens, but also 19-inch uh, CRTs, uh, tablets, and even cell phones. Yep. And uh well, the 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 gaming industry is very 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 broad now, ranging from any kind of computer to any kind of platform. Heck, even Mac is starting to get in, get into gaming. Took them long enough. Well, I wouldn't really say they're I believe it was on 8-Bit that I mentioned that uh, Blizzard Entertainment, uh, they were pretty much the only game developer who never left Mac. So, really? Yeah. So huh. I, I'm pretty sure that all their games uh, do run on Mac, even the ones you know released in the late 90s. Pretty sure Diablo 2 can run on Mac, as well as Warcraft 3 and, of course, World of <laughs> Warcraft. So. Huh. Well, ha- ha- on a side note, have you heard about Diablo 3? It is getting one-star ratings all over the board. Really? That uh, came out quite a bit ago. Yeah, it's... it. And initially, everybody put, like, four stars, five stars, but now it's just getting solid one-stars across. Because hmm. apparently, when you get in the higher level, you need better gear, and to get better gear, you have to buy it with your own money. Yeah. And I so, hear that the loot drops in there aren't really uh, useful. Yeah, I've I've heard that largely. So I am not buying that game until they get it fixed. <laughs> I'll just I'll just load up my Diablo two and get the exact same ex- well get and get a better experience. Yep. So meanwhile, um, I'm just playing Sky- Skyrim. So yeah, I've, I've been playing Skyrim too. I actually. Working on the Thief Guild, the Dark Brotherhood, the Champion, and the Wizard Guild are kind of. I, I'm I'm not ready to become a beast, and I'm, and everybody just complains at the, at the Wizard Tower, the Mage Guild. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, have you seen the Python Dictionary Playbook? Uh, yes, I have. I've taken a peek at that. Tell me about it, since so, you're a Python expert. <laughs> so, uh, uh, this article here goes through uh, some of the nice syntax- syntactic sugar that uh, Python has with regards to dictionaries. 
and uh, dictionaries are essentially Python's version of uh, hash tables or uh, hash maps. You know, okay. just key value pairs stuffed in a structure, and uh, um, you know, you know, essentially tests if a uh, key is in a dictionary um, or if it's not, and uh, you know, like how to uh, circle or cycle through values to uh, uh, you know get values out of it, and uh, let's see. And, uh, you know, like modifying a, uh, key's value, like, you know, like really, really cool things that are not obvious if you're transitioning in from another language. Hmm. Cool. I'll have, I'll have to read it sometime. Yep. So, uh. I, I, I had kind of an epilepsy kind of like a week ago when I was coding. All I'm doing is writing loops and checks on logic that's coming in. And I think that's all coding is. We're just writing checks and we're just writing loops to make checks over <laughs> large sums of data. Yep. So, and then we're saving that data. <laughs> yep. Just uh, you know, you know, tweaking a value here and there and flushing out the disk and stuff. So, uh, have you heard about JPEG? I have heard that they had a new concept on the decoders. Yeah. So, uh, this guy is, uh, building a JPEG decoder, and, uh, you know, he asks, you know, whatever for, and, uh, you know, he essentially goes through and, uh, how a, uh, a JPEG gets decoded, and also a little encoded, and I also had, uh, 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 spoken about, you know, how JPEG works in a previous podcast, but this, uh, uh, comes at it from another angle. Huh. Okay. So and it, it, it has some good visual visualization stuff. So it does. So uh, it it goes uh, comes at it from a frequency perspective and also a color perspective as well. Hmm. Interesting. So, because apparently uh, JPEG doesn't use red, green, and blue values. Uh, at least it doesn't store them that way. It, uh, I believe it does, like, a intensity uh, red and blue uh, channels. Interesting. Yeah, it uh, works on the fact that, uh, you know, the eye is more sensitive to changes in brightness than it is to slight changes in color. That would be true for the males. I'm not sure if that's true for females. Because there's an old joke that males can only see in 256 colors, and females can see in two million colors. Well, I mean, so long as you're not colorblind, that is. Yes. (laughs) Of course, uh, you know, if it's, if you see only in two colors, it's uh, really easy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) As long as... Yeah, it depends on the two colors. Yep. So, anyways, uh, got anything else to share? Um, nope. Thanks for letting me be part of your ninth host, as number nine is my favorite single digit. Yep. So, I'd like to uh, thank you, um, and also 
uh, Matthew Stemple and Kyle Gabler. Uh, I want to thank them again for uh, allowing me to use their music on this podcast. It's uh, it's kind of nice to have some uh, nice music on here. So yep, I'm not sure what your musical talent is consisted of. But uh, you know, I I played piano like way back when. But uh, you know, I kind of came to this epiphany uh, just this past week in that, uh, you know, with programming, I'm going along and I'm seeing all these things that I could do, you know, like how to make things better. Um, <laughs> playing playing piano, I never had that. I w- Interesting. Uh, pretty much, you know, had music in front of me and I played that until it got good enough. So... So you just were regurgitator, as Dale Hall says... Pretty much. Um, you, you you remember him in college? Ah, uh, I think J- J- so. J- Jamie King's elder. Oh, yeah. That one guy that died the next quarter? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was unfortunate. Yes, but, bless his heart. Yep. He, he was uh, an interesting guy. Um, but, uh, yeah... Uh, the other interesting guy, well, let's see, there's two of them. The, uh, the art professor. The which one? The, uh, I believe he teach, taught the art class. Um, like the drawing class. He, he had been, ah. in, yeah, he had been involved with, uh, like a game development studio, like a few years prior. Correct. Um, let's see, and then the, uh, the Rock Okasin. You can't, uh, yes. <laughs> you can't stop the rock. Nope. So, yep, and, uh, yep, just to remind everyone, back up your stuff. So. Yep, back it up, back it up, back it up. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I think you gotta get some good backing up music. <laughs> like, <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Speaking of, um,. Like when I moved into this apartment, that uh, seems like the trash, the trash truck comes like every day, or every <laughs> every night. It seems like about nine or ten, and uh, I could pretty much always you know tell because like I'd hear this you know big diesel truck come around and then beep beep beep. You <laughs> <laughs> would have to back up a little bit because there's like a really sharp turn. Uh, almost a 180 degree turn outside my apartment. So if someone was parked on the other side, he would have to back up a little bit to avoid hitting them. Huh. Um, tonight I saw him, you know, run around and he slowed down, like, almost to a stop, and then kept going. I'm like, this guy is getting really good. Hmm. <laughs> 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 So, all right, I guess we'll talk later then? Yep, talk later. All right, bye. Bye.